And now, rate that album, season three, with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming, two guys who know stuff. Hi, and welcome back to Rate That Album, back and forth album review podcast between myself, Joseph Fremming, with me as always is my good friend, Paul Muadib. Paul, are you excited to go back to the good old days? I am, but I got to be honest with you. I, I, I couldn't spend one more minute with you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what I expect from a slime creature from outer space. <laughs> girls just want to have fun. What do you, or girls want to have lunch. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> our past couple uh, reviews have been pretty on, on the heavy side of things. And I wanted to lighten it up a bit with our, one of my all time favorite uh, musicians, uh, humorists, parodyist, parodist, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic, uh, which is, he's, we'll, we'll talk about it, but I think, you know, He's still well known. Yes, but you kind of had to be there at this point to really, I think, really to be able to take it in. Like when, so when we were growing up, you know, whenever in the eighties and in the nineties, whenever there was a popular song, you damn well knew Weird Al was around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> parody, yes, uh, good intention parody. He wasn't shitting on people. He got into one little beef with a. Uh, coolio but that was more of a misunderstanding then well and we're going to discuss that because uh, there is a song there is yeah i think you know what i'm talking about where it's a little harder than what he normally go does but we'll talk about that when we get there but it is good natured it is good natured parody yeah it's good natured uh al has a dark side as we referenced two of his probably most fucked up songs (laughs) in the (laughs) intro uh originals that uh Probably are my favorite tracks on both the albums. Yeah, I, I, I really like when Al does original music. He's mm-hmm. kind of like a mix between. Uh, he's very much a they might be giants vibe, but he's yes. a little more twisted, which is a weird thing to say about somebody's generally considered one of the nicest guys in music. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, going all the way back to his first album, I mean, the song Mr. Frump and the Iron Lung. I mean, you knew there was, there was this dark side to this guy, and I'm so glad that he leans into it uh, on almost every album. Yeah, so we're going to do two of his albums, because they're generally short. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I figured we just needed a break. I mean, we went from heavy hip-hop stuff with lots of... Uh, you know, implications on First Amendment yes. issues, which you and I are very, uh, you know, we're very pro-First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Very. Things we really just have always cared about. But we're going to do our silly side this week. Yes. We're doing his third and fifth albums, Dare to be Stupid, and Even Worse. Yes, and I think it's smart that we skip Polka Party. <laughs> yeah, well, I like Polka Party, but I, I just I wanted to go... There's a reason I picked even worse. We'll get to it when we discuss it, but it was, yeah, that album hit me at a right age, but we're going to do dare to be stupid. Uh, The title track, which is a a style parody that Al does of Mm -hmm. Devo, which Mark Mothersbaugh said, uh, it was the most beautiful thing he ever heard. And he hated Al for doing it because it pretty much out Devo Devo. Yes. 
Yes. And that was a real thing he said. That wasn't like yeah. a parody interview. Like, yeah. <laughs> he had that just like, he's just staring into the camera <laughs> behind the music. Clip. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so, I, I, Weird Al also is one of these guys, and God, knock on wood, that has not had a massive controversy. No. No, he hasn't. Uh, There's I, not a lot to know about him, is there? He's just kind of a nerd, you know? Like, he got a, he got a start. He was discovered by Dr. Demento, which is... I like discussing this stuff, too, because it's such a bygone era at this point oh. that there was, like, radio DJs that had free reign to do whatever they wanted. And Dr. Mm-hmm. Demento was one of them where he would just do, like, these bizarre radio shows. I think there's... You, who's the, the for the longest time there was a guy I think he was out on the west coast but they we just got him on St. Cloud where he'd be like on at like four three to four a.m. talking about UFOs. <laughs> well, okay, I'm trying to think of who that would have been because there was there there was the Wolfman or what was his name? Um, Wolfman Jack. Yeah, but he was a rock DJ. He was a rock DJ, but yeah, there was that guy. Oh, um, he oh. was just. He, like, was, he was he ancient aliens before there was ancient aliens. Yeah, and didn't he? Well, he was a weird guy. Didn't he also run for mayor? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's Eddie Ibache. Eddie Ibache, California. Like I don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a wild time. We grew up in a weird time, man. We did. Like, we grew up in a weird, weird time where somebody um, could make a living making fun of popular songs, and I love Alf for it. I wish he would still do it. Uh, I think he's kind of retired from that. He's, he's, he's basically said he'll never make another album, which That's is so sad. Yeah, I guess, you know, he's up there. He just probably wants to relax and not yeah. piss off Coolio anymore. <laughs> well, he's, you know, he's, he's up there now. I mean, he is, I mean, you got to think about it. He is in his sixties. Yeah. You know, there was, there was, there was, there was, um, Dr. Demento, who I think Dr. Demento, though, was all, I mean, yeah, you had other ones, but he was the real, like, fringe. Like, when you, you don't hear about anyone putting Dr. Demento, like, in, in the realm of Dr. Demento. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, we, it, you know, radio was so different then. And um, I, I, I would, I would, I, I, some, I do miss it. I miss that age of before Clear Channel. Yeah. really clear channel came in and standardized and sanitized right. radio. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's sad. Fargo does have a, a kind of a pirate radio station, which I love. <laughs> it's just, this guy just plays whatever he wants. Uh, and like, if he d- needs to fill time, he puts on like uh European news. <laughs> I think it's cause he gets it for free. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's wild. So it's still out there, but it's really just a lost art. I think everything's so uh, corporatized in this day and age that we've really lost uh, the excitement of radio that it once brought. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I think our, our last good radio station that wasn't college was The Edge. When we were oh, growing up, 93.7. Yes, 93.7 The Edge, yes. And it's, what was it, the last day they just played It's the End of the World as we know it on repeat? On repeat all day. So The <laughs> Edge was the one. They used to do um, Edge Capades. Yep. And I think I told you this story. Um, they had Diaper Boy, who was a man on the street that they made go around in a diaper and interview people. 
And Diaper Boy wasn't well liked. Well, neither was the man, the band Delamitri. But Delamitri, Blimp, Flip, um, Violent Femmes, and a couple other ones were at this, were at this, what they call the Edge Cabades. You remember that? It was their, I think they only did two or three of them. Um, but it was like this winter kind of concert thing that they would do. Because yeah. in the summer they did Edge Fest. Yes, they did Edge Fest. And in the winter they did Edge Capades. And I was there and Delamitri got booed off a stage. <laughs> and, and Diaper Boy thought he was cool. Like Diaper Boy wasn't in and on the joke. And he thought he was cool, but he was always kind of like not. And the, the DJs in the morning were really mean to him. But he ended up trying to stage dive off of some speakers and no one caught him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It was just awful. It was awful. I mean, he was fine. He wasn't like hurt or anything like that. But yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, then you also had, you know, granted he's a dick, but you had on our end, you also had Tom Bernard and his morning show um, when we were kids, which was really unsanitized. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, that's where they introduced the Chucker, who was like a prankster guy. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, the, the poor man's Howard Stern, the power. Well, yeah, except Howard Stern got a little brighter as he got older. Tom Bernard just got drunker. Yeah, uh, still, he still, uh, he still hates Howard. He thought he could be the better, bigger than Howard Stern. And yep. it just never happened because he's just a fat piece of shit. He's, anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyways, yes. Uh, but not speaking of fat piece of shit, our vegetarian, uh, man of the hour, Weird Al. Um, so, Joe, what do you know about Weird Al's life or any background, or do you not know a lot? Well, I just saw, like, when I was younger, I saw the behind the music. He had a pretty normal life. Uh, he was, like, a nerdy outcast. Uh, played, you know, an accordion, which is, you know, got all the babes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, he was just like, you know, he was a driven guy and had a warped sense of humor discovered by Dr. Demento. His, uh, his first well-known parody was Another One Rides the Bus. Which That's was, the one that got him famous. Yes. yes it's a parody of Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. And he just kind of took off and he was always like in the ether, us growing up. And he did an amazing movie called UHF. I love that movie. I have that on. You're I have so that on VHS. Stupid. <laughs> I have that on VHS somewhere. Yeah, you're so stupid. Yep. Yep. Michael Richards with the hose hoses the kid. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to drink from the fire hose? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey, so it's Uncle Nazi's clubhouse. <laughs> I mean, he's. You know, all the way up until like so. Yeah, his last album was Mandatory Fun. I think that came out in 2016. 2016, I think it was 2016. Yeah, so like he was, he had like a nice four, oh, damn near 40 year long career. So, yep. yeah, he's always a- been there. And now we're going to talk about two of his albums. So let's kick off Dare to Be Stupid, Paul. Yes. <laughs> I own uh, this. Which was the reason, because the, the first track on this. We discussed during our last album review with uh, like a virgin by Madonna, mm-hmm. and you talked discuss how the production of the parody was much better. Much better, much so, better. Yeah. So we're kicking off track one, like a surgeon, a song about an incompetent surgeon. Yes, <laughs> who just 
tearing people apart and they're dying before he gets paid. <laughs> Give me all your Costner's. <laughs> um, yeah, it's dark. It's great. I, you know, one of the things that I think people there's, there, there's, there's a couple of things there, you know, you, you don't realize it, but just how much talent there actually is in a cover band like that, where they are doing things um, that way. And then kind of taking a song and doing things, uh, you know, doing those little bit of differences, you know, um, they're just that, I think that even that genius in the beginning where it's the, the beeping of the machine, but then the beep of the machine starts to match the beat of the music really well done there. Um, yeah. And, and, and got Rick Derringer, the producer album. Yeah. Yeah. You get Rick Derringer who also played on the album too, I believe yeah. um, was, that was the guitarist. And I mean, that's amazing. Um, yeah. I, I just, you know, I, I, I wish the like a virgin had been produced by Rick Derringer versus Nigel Rogers. But, you know, I guess somewhere, as we talked about in that last episode, you got to start somewhere with digital recording. And that was the start. And, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I know. I just want to say I own this album on tape. On cassette. <laughs> okay. I own this album on cassette. I remember getting this from the electric fetus as a kid. Um, and I and I absolutely loved love and still do. The title track, which is the next song, Dare to be Stupid. This is a phenomenal song. Um, and I believe it was like his first real original to be taken seriously. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I like his style parodies. He did one, I think, of Nine Inch Nails, too, which was really good. Uh, it's just like, it. it's like, I like his little tip of the hat songs like this. Like, where it's just like, you could tell he was a Devo fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah you, like you look at their lyrics it's very just like bizarre and anti-capitalist and they you know their whole theory the, their whole mantra is de-evolution de-evolution right? that's like, the name human race is de-evolving uh, yep which is, uh, you know it sprung out of their experiences at kent state when uh, national guard fired upon protesters mm-hmm. and so <laughs> you know al comes along and he does his tip of the hat to Devo and Mark Mothers brought was just floored. Yeah. Now got it and did it better than they did. And that's, I, th- I think that's kind of the key there is people don't realize, you know, when he's doing it, he, the whole thing of having that, what he did is, um, uh, there's a lot of the, uh, opposites of what you expect right like put all your eggs in one basket um you know and there's some dated things in there like you better squeeze all the charm when you can while mr ripple's not around hey i love the mr Whipple <laughs> reference man yeah kids today probably won't get it but i remember mr whipple yes yes um and um this is exactly like i think that's why mark mothersbaugh was like oh my god it could have been like it could have been this simple yeah, that, I mean, this literally, even though it's a parody and funny, it comes off. If you're a fan of Devo's work, like this comes off as this could have been on a Devo album. Yeah, Elbow. this could have been on. Is are we not men? This is the Devo for sure. Yeah, and like it would fit, and it wouldn't be a parody. So I think this, this to me, I think is probably, uh, at least in my recollection, one of one of my one of his best style parodies. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So next we get to 
<laughs> a Huey Lewis in the News parody. I want a new duck. And I want a new duck. <laughs> it's just this is just dumb silliness. Yes, you know, like I love it. Like it's just. <laughs> You want a new duck one that won't quack all the time. <laughs> He's going to be duck pate. <laughs> <laughs> won't you holes in his socks? Like, it's just, like what, the, what kind of, is, you know, it's just raising the question, does Al know what a duck is? Yeah, right. And I do think later on, uh, it was on Funny or Die, I believe, um, they did a parody of... Um, American Psycho. American Psycho, and it is genius. <laughs> <laughs> Where Al plays the Paul Allen role. Yep. Huey Lewis is Patrick Bateman. <laughs> it is so brilliant. Yeah, absolutely awesome. Uh, try parodying one of my songs now. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And next we get to one an, another Al original. It's mm-hmm. another style parody of fifties uh, music. One more minute. Oh, <laughs> describe <laughs> one more minute. So I actually you know think about this here. I own this on cassette, and I was very sheltered as a child in the beginning. Uh, my parents were very very careful about what I could listen to, what I could watch, um, that type of thing. And this. I remember listening to the song on like rewinding it and replaying it over and over and over and over and over because I found it just hilarious. Absolutely. So, so, I mean, even my, I'm listening to it in the car with my kids and one of my kids goes, why is this song about physical pain? Why is he hurting himself? And I'm like, well, this is why, you know, I'd explain to him the song. Um, and He's just like every time these things happen, like you know, like like driving to a pool of razor blades. My kids are like, no, no, no. <laughs> well, burned on the malt shop because it reminds me of you. <laughs> I it's a it's a great breakup song, man. Like, it is. It is. Um, I actually, when I was in D- Duluth, there's a guy who did it for karaoke when I was at the karaoke bar in Duluth. That's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a guy. I guess it's one of his staples. Because when he did it, there, you know, people are going, yeah, yeah, he's so good. Like, this this is his best song. This is his best song. And I'm like, okay, that's the regular karaoke guy up there doing fucking Weird Al. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, next, we got, uh, which one of my kids' favorite song, Yoda. Oh, it's so good. It's not the little runt sitting there in a lot. Soda. That's what it is. Soda. People got to realize how brilliant that is because the original opens with Cola and Lola. So he did Soda and Yoda. Like, that is actually brilliant. It's, it's it, you know, you look at it and you go, it's so simple. But sometimes simple gets lost. Yeah, and I think just that little thing there and what he did was just genius. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's basically retelling the the scene of S- Skywalker meeting Yoda in Empire. It's mm-hmm. like it's not a complicated song. No, it's just like <laughs> it's just like a jackass meeting Yoda. Like, what the fuck is this thing? Yeah. <laughs> and then like the lyrics that really you know stuck out over time now because you know obviously they did a the prequels and then the sequels and it's nonstop star Wars. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, long, the long-term contract I had to sign says I'll be making these movies till the, <laughs> the end. end of time, which is great. But unfortunately, <laughs> very <laughs> true, very true in a way, but didn't work out. I think quite the way uh, he wanted it to. So you know, um, Mark wanted it to. So it is what it is. Um, now, okay. Now, this is also this next song is also one of my kids' favorite songs. Uh, <laughs> They make me play it all the time. Um, after listening to it, it's George of the Jungle. <laughs> Just, I mean, uh, I'm trying to like. I remember the cartoon. Yeah, was it part of like the Rocky and Bullwinkle stuff? No. 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 I just always thought it was because, like, I was just like, "Why does this sound so familiar?" But yeah, no, no. George of the Jungle was it's, well. You have to remember, okay, so George of the Jungle was like a '60s, '70s cartoon that was in syndicate, and then I, I find it just so weird that Weird Al did this cover of it, and then they made a new version of George in the Jungle uh, cartoon, and then they, and then it, I think also this brought out um, the thoughts of making a George of the Jungle movie. Oh, uh, it, was pro- it was produced by the creators of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, yeah, it was produced, but it wasn't part of that. It wasn't, it wasn't in, like, with um, Aesop's Fables or uh, Fractured Fairy Tales or Dudley Do Right, like it was its own thing. Um, it was its own separate twenty-minute cartoon show. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, it's yeah, it's a catchy song. But then we get to another Al original, <laughs> "Slime Creatures from Outer Space," which uh, it feels <laughs> it sounds like it could have been on a Dead Milkman co- yeah. album. It yeah. also seems like something you would have read on a Kelvin and Hobbes comic strip, too. Exactly. Like, Kelvin and Hobbes, you nailed it. Because I think they did something like that. I remember the Kelvin and Hobbes strip where they had Kelvin and Hobbes when they'd be in space. Um, and, um, yeah, you nailed it. Now, I know that they credit this one as saying it's a Thomas Dolby cover, but no one knows who the fuck, I mean, not cover, but parody. No one knows what a fucking Thomas Dolby is these days. No, uh, it's a shame because he's actually really talented. He is really talented. It is a shame. Unfortunately, he got labeled as a one-hit wonder, and that's where you go from it. Yeah, um, he was blinded by science. And he was blinded by science. But later, you know, his song was covered by Bootsy Collins and William Shatner as one of the best covers <laughs> of all time. So, you know, we're you going got that. full circle here on the, these because right <laughs> after this, we got Girls Just Want to Have Lunch, which we uh, we reviewed the original album by Cindy Lauper, an album I still very much love. And I love that much album. Much my rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the, the interesting thing is now with Girls Just Want to Have Lunch. I do got to say something on that because you look like Weird Al has done, as we saw even earlier in this album, covering like a virgin. You know, he can kind of get that. I just think he, he didn't even want to attempt doing some of the high highs that Cindy Lauper did. So he just, you know, went in with this girls just want to have lunch. It, it's a weird juxtaposition on some of his other covers. Yeah, I thought so, too, because he's it's almost more aggressive. Yes. Sounding. Yes, yes. As opposed to like the 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 nature of the original song, which is very fun. Yep, yep, and yeah, and it's so. I I just it was this is a cover that I think both these. I, I maybe it's something that he does on each album. And I'm not, not to my recollection, but we'll talk about it on the next one when we get there. But there's another one where I felt like it was a little bit different type of um parody. But yeah, this yeah it, this was aggressive. And it didn't feel like he was trying to do it or put as much effort into it as he did like a surgeon. 
yeah, I don't know. Maybe like he was. I don't want to say he was forced, maybe, but like it just didn't seem like he had his heart in this one. Exactly. Exactly. Compared to the yep. other stuff. Yep. Uh, next, we come up to "This Is the Life" uh, theme from, song from the movie Johnny Dangerously. I, movie say, I think is severely underrated. Severely <laughs> underrated. Uh, very good, Michael Keaton. Uh, <laughs> gangster comedy. Yep. Yep. Danny DeVito. Um, you had uh, Joe Piscopo in that movie. Oh God! I mean, if you have Joe Piscopo, it's... <laughs> <laughs> come. What did she say to him? So your name's an adverb. I <laughs> got. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember exactly what she says, but it's so funny. So your name. So your last name's a verb. <laughs> like <laughs> oh, Joe Piscopo, who made a. Uh... The zombie buddy cop movie Dead Heat, I think I is the name of it. That movie love so Dead good. Heat. I love with Treat Williams. I yep. love Dead Heat, dude. <laughs> Underrated. A wild time, my friend. <laughs> What's that? The '80s were a wild time. Oh, they were. Well, he also did Wise Guys with Joe Pisc uh, with, with Danny DeVito, if you remember as well. <laughs> I mean, Joe Piscopo did have his day in the sun. It was very um, brief, but he had it. Yes, very, very brief. Yeah, it was Wise Guys was the big one, and then Dead Heat. But again, if you're going to be a movie with Treat Williams, I mean, come on. Yeah. You, you, you know, that, you got that going for you. But yeah, unfortunately, Joe Piscopo then became kind of a, a joke, and that's just sad because I thought he was very funny. Yeah, uh, but it's still, I mean, the Stonecutter song and The Simpsons, I mean, you needed the. Oh, wait, no, that was Steve Gutenberg. That was Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> <laughs> I That's guess. Police Academy, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, we have cable TV, which is a parody of Hercules by Elton John. Yep. Interesting choice. Uh, Very late interesting era, choice. Elton John. Well, no, it's from Honky Chateau. It's weird that he threw a 70s style vibe. But. Mm -hmm. Yes, but I think, you know, again... One of the things is, I think Weird Al had older songs that he wanted to do still at that point. And you kind of see a little bit of that throughout some of these ones. Like Poker Party, I think, had a 70s one in there. Um, and then, you know, you, you get to um, Even Worse. And then and then you get the, I mean, uh, uh, Alapalooza, which you did MacArthur Park, which is an old song, too. So <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, I would, I, I imagine that Weird Al has a vault of like hundreds of of these things, and I would love to have that vault open at some point. <laughs> well, one day, one day, and then rounding up the album, which it, he does every now and then on his albums. Uh, yes, uh, a polka medley mm -hmm. of like popular songs at the time. My personal favorite, just because it's. The era I grew up in was on Bad Hair Day, the alternative polka. Yes. Yes. Bad Hair Day was a good one. Um, I uh, Which one was my – I really liked Polka Your Eyes Out. Um, polka Your Eyes Out because that had Billy Idol, R.E.M., EMF, Metallica, Digital Underground, shit that I kind of really was familiar with. Yeah. That, I think that is one of my favorite ones. Um, the alternative polka is really good. The nine inch nails. Were yeah. <laughs> he, he does closer. Yeah, he does closer. He, he does, does closer. Uh, uh, Alanis Moore said, and that, like, I really love Bad Hair Day. Bad Hair Day is what got me into Weird Al. 
like yeah, into yeah. buying his albums. That was the first Weird Al I bought. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. Yep, okay. I really, <laughs> you know, it's phony calls, man. It's like the fact that he parodied Waterfalls by TLC. Jesus, mm-hmm. <laughs> included yeah. a Simpsons clip in there, right? right? Yeah, no, I had um, um, uh, off the deep end was my first weird Al one was buying uh, was buying off the deep end and then after that smells like nirvana <laughs> yep smells like nirvana yep absolutely um that I, that's what was my first weird Al. and then we wouldn't get another weird Al album for a couple of years so that i went back through the catalog and like i said i own these on cassettes at the time because we didn't have you know when i was a kid we didn't have a cd player um so yeah absolutely yep going to go to the electric fetus and and get these ones um yeah i think um for the, for hooked on polka i believe you had um <laughs> you had 12th street rag um state of shock <laughs> sharp dress man yeah when that came on that cracked me up <laughs> what's love got to do with it <laughs> what's love got to do got to do with it <laughs> um yeah. you had the hollow notes in there owner of a lonely heart you had some Twisted Sister, 99, 99 Luft Balloons, which is the German version, which I love. German um, version is the best version. It right? is, 100%. Um, Footloose, you had some Duran Duran, um, Quiet Riot, and uh, Relax. Frankie goes to Hollywood. Yeah, 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 Frankie goes to Hollywood, yep. Yeah. And w- what's really interesting is he does pick risque songs. As you said, he did Closer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> For some of that. I want to beep you like an animal. <laughs> yeah. um, if I remember one of them, I think he did. Um, was it the angry? No, it wasn't the angry right boy polka. Which polka was it? Uh, oh, it was polka Rama where he did candy shop. <laughs> and we're out doing candy shop is hilarious i'm just gonna <laughs> say and then he does gold digger as well on that one like that's another really good one that's off of straight out of linwood yeah um, yeah that's another great album <laughs> all right so now we'll go into even worse yes the album cover infamously uh, mocking michael jackson's bad oh God, <laughs> so, yeah, so good. He has bad, so Hal comes out with even worse. Even worse. <laughs> <laughs> so this was the second L I bought. So I bought Bad Hair Day. I fell in love with it. Like, mm-hmm. Back in the, like, co- I think comedy albums are like a lost art now. Oh God, yes. Everybody's like, you know, stand up is so more much more accessible now with streaming services. But back in the day, man, el- comedy albums were. It was wild. There, there was some really weird stuff out there, and it was great. And Al was doing it, so I bought this. And I remember, I was like recovering from having like I think I had fillings put in or something. So like my, Ugh. I was not feeling well. I was just listening to this, was like fucking losing my mind because it was so. <laughs> Good old days came on. I wasn't expecting that. He <laughs> <laughs> just brings his prom date to the desert, shaves her hair, leaves her to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this was, I think, um, a game. This album was a game yeah, changer. Because this, uh, uh, this is what he's. He always did the videos, but I think this is when the videos became more 
yes. better produced because the, the, the first track, Fat, is mm-hmm. uh, the production value of that video looked exactly like the Michael Jackson one. Like, he did a little bit of that with Eat It. Yep. He did a little bit of that with Eat It, but Fat was the one. He won a Grammy for Fat. Yeah, and it was like it, it, the intro, like where in the original Michael Jackson's being bullied by gang members. Michelle's <laughs> <laughs> getting bullied by, by a couple of fat guys in a parking garage. <laughs> like, where have you been? Like they haven't seen him at the IHOP or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they're trying to they're trying to get him to eat. I'll show you. I'll show you who's fat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you who's fat. <laughs> and then he just blows up. <laughs> Oh, and that fat suit's amazing. Oh, and God, was... like, yeah, you could tell he put a lot of effort into that video, um, really yeah. trying to parody Michael Jackson. And, you know, I think and if I remember correctly, he and Michael Jackson had um, a pretty good relationship. Michael loved uh, what Weird Al yeah, did. So Madonna didn't like him. <laughs> I know no. that. No, Madonna was not a fan of Al, but Michael Jackson might have been a fan. I, I think Michael For Jackson. all his, like, seriousness, I think Michael Jackson was one of those – People could like laugh at least at himself a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. Oh, I mean, I mean, he kind of has to when he has a monkey and dresses <laughs> like a glittery member on the Sgt. Pepper album. Yeah, and I well, and I think that he, uh, you know, I just think he, I, I think Michael was, uh, he was a child at heart, and I think he could enjoy yeah. what Michael, I mean, what what Weird Al was doing. Absolutely. Now I could see this song though. <laughs> it was released in 2022. Being problematic. Oh, oh, you couldn't do this song. No. You could not do this song. Eh? No, people would be like, "You're fat shaming," and it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and being racist because yeah, more, more ch- yeah, more chins than Chinatown. Chinatown. Yeah, yeah, you can't yeah, say was, that anymore. I mean, again, it's like you're going back. It was like, what was acceptable, and when did this come out? Like eighty five. Uh, oh, eighty eight. What was this acceptable in eighty eight is not even for Weird Al. So. No. And you think about how benign this was, by the way, because Weird Al always prided himself on being a clean cop. So this was benign for what the 88 was. Like, this was absolutely harmless. There was no malice in this song. But he'd be canceled today. Yeah, it would be canceled. It would absolutely be canceled today. Yeah, yeah. Which is... I'm sorry, and I still laugh at... It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous song. It's so <laughs> funny. It's so, it's so fucking funny. Your butt is wide. Well, mine is too. <laughs> too. When I sit around the house, I really sit around the house. Watch your mouth or I'll sit on, on you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Ham on. Ham on. Ham on. I mean, you really look at it. And, 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 you know, I know you could sit there and say it was it, but really it's all self-deprecating at the same time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, Weird Al wasn't fat, but you look at it from the point of view, and I know people would be like, come on, whatever, but I'm sorry. This, the character he's singing from the point of view is proud of how fat he is. Exactly. I- I- exactly. <laughs> Even when he goes to the beach, he's the only one who gets a tan. <laughs> 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 it's so genius. I'm sorry. It, it is. Excuse us for being juvenile for laughing at it, but my God, it's so great. I, you know what? I don't care. I'm. I just turned 41. I'm gonna be something. I'm still, still gonna be juvenile about. So. Yep. Nope. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm right behind you, buddy. I got it next month. I hit 41 next month, so I get it. Okay. <laughs> so next we get 
Okay, so this album I love just because I'll, <laughs> again, this Dare to be Stupid's fun, but this album's is strange at times. It's strange. <laughs> it's stuck in a closet with Vanna White is a very strange song. It's a very weird, weird song. Um, I mean, you know, we haven't really dived into the lyrics, but I think this one we, we need to dive into the lyrics. Because um, <laughs> this one is... <laughs> It's wild. It's uh... so. So he's doctor. Every night I have the strangest dream. Doctor, listen to me. Tell me what this means. <laughs> First, I'm going shopping my underwear. Then all of a sudden, I'm floating in midair. My lips fall off, and everybody starts to stare. Donuts and hot dogs are flying everywhere. Yeah, now, I mean, doctor, this is like wait, a minute. this is surreal as like the trippiest Beatles song, you know, like that's up there. Like Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the guy's never done drugs. And the guy's never done drugs, never done drugs. Um, no doctor, wait a minute. You haven't heard nothing yet. Next comes the part. I'll never forget. <laughs> I've been told by these Russian spies to give me some Velcro in order of fries. <laughs> Suddenly I'm pulling on the Starship Enterprise. I fall down. That's when I realize I'm stuck in a closet with Vanna White. And honestly, I would, if you were to ask me, even in 1998, but in 2022, would people know who Vanna White is? I'd be like, no. But she's still doing it. She's still on Wheel of Fortune. She's still on Wheel of Fortune. Yep. Absolutely. No, no, no. She is a household name. Everyone knows who Vanna White is. I don't care who you are. Yeah, I mean, you know, and again, you know, again, you get a little bit of the problematic lyrics in there, you know, but it was a sign of the times. Um, yep. No malice. But yeah, I mean... This yeah, is, that's the this, thing. There's no malice in Al's music. I, I mean, none. you could take it offensively, like fat. I can see the argument there. I can. I, yep. don't, I don't agree with it, but I can see it. So I'm not going to tell people how to feel. Yep. This, Yeah, this is, I can see, is at times problematic. But fuck, it's so weird. Like, it's I just, almost don't know if it is problematic because it's so... It's almost like uh, a stream of consciousness. It's like Bob Dylan's Stranger Stream of Consciousness. Yeah. Bob yeah. Dylan's 115th Dream, where it's just gibberish. It's just all very uh, visual lyrics. If you yes. And that's what this is a lot like. And I think that he, you know, this is to me the precursor. I mean, I know it's several, it came out several years later. But this, I think, I mean, you if you didn't have him doing Stuck in a Closet with Banner White, we never would have gotten Albuquerque. Because it's very much in the same vein. Yeah. Where it's just this, whatever weird shit I can imagine we're going to put in there. And the fact that this is an original song, um, like just original style, original everything, um, it's it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. It's <laughs> and, and then it goes into... Uh, one of my guilty pleasures, I'll say. Uh, the song is just six words long, a parody yes. of the George Harrison, <laughs> no. which uh, I mean, if you think about it, so like it almost feels like <laughs> like Harrison's working lyrics for it. Well, you know, and this is this is the thing. There was, you know, there's very little songs and the parodies where Weird Al will go after the band themselves or the artists themselves. Yep. This one and um, Smells Like Nirvana um, are like the only two off the top of my head that I can really think of where he actually kind of 
goes after the artist. And this is the one I was talking about where I was like, you know, this is not just a parody. This is a jab at um, George Harrison, who, by the way, can fucking handle it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it really is poking fun at the fact that it is a song that's devoid of lyrics. And that yeah. was it. It wasn't just Weird Al who said this. Like, this was something that critics at yeah. the time called out for it as well. Which is, you know, it, and here's the thing. Harrison was not a bad lyricist by any stretch of the imagination. The guy wrote really great songs. Mm-hmm. It's just in the 80s, he had a hit with a very vapid single <laughs> that yes. got sued. And eventually, got, you know, he got sued for the song. Oh, I didn't know he got sued for this one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Harrison got sued for "Got My Mind Set on You." It's uh, because the the chorus matched uh, some uh, older song from the fifties, I believe. But yeah, he got sued. Uh, No, I thought that was "Hallelujah" or whatever it was. I thought that was a different song. Nope, it was this. It was this. Yep. No. Yeah. No, I can't be. I don't, I don't, I know, because it was a different one. No, it was My Sweet Lord that he got um, sued for. It was My Sweet Lord. It wasn't, um, because uh, that was the copy of He's So Fine. This one was just a vapid whatever. Yeah, um, I, I think, I could be wrong, but I thought it was My Sweet Lord was the one that he got sued for. But I could be wrong. I could be absolutely wrong, Joe. I don't know. Either way, this song this song is vapid as fuck. So. It's vapid as fuck. And we and Weird Al's making fun of the fact that it's vapid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is again a little different than what he does typically in his parodies. So I always felt like this album, especially, I think is one of the more darker tone albums of of, Yanko, uh, of Weird Al. Yeah, yeah. I think he had some stuff going on. I think he had some stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next song you make me uh, style parody of a band I absolutely fucking despise. Oingo Boingo. Oh, see, and I like Oingo Boingo. Like, this is where you and I disagree. I really enjoy o- Oingo Boingo for their weirdness and just their Oingo Boingo boingo Um But I could see where you despise it. But you make me is a, I, the lyrics are hilarious. Yeah, it's it's funny. I just I hate Oingo Boingo, so it's uh, it's a it's a very quick skip for me Fair after enough. after this review. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> this is followed by one of my another uh, one of my favorites on the album. I think I'm a clone now. Uh, so good parody of I think I'm alone now. The Tiffany version, which Tiffany. I actually really enjoy. You know, I can admit that as well. Like, you know, I, you know, we talked a little bit about that. Like, the Tiffany version is a really good word. Like, I there's Very, time in my in my youth I wouldn't have never admitted, like, oh, my God, Tiffany put out a good album. You know what I mean? Or yep. put out a, you know, I'm past that point. Again, you know, we're in our 40s. Um, I have nothing to hide. I have no guilty pleasures at this point. Tiffany's a great song. And the cleverness of this, of this especially in 1988, doing yeah. a song about a clone is genius like straight that up always two of me just to stand around. <laughs> oh there's another one of me just to stand in her hanging around just yeah it's it was just like i was just like benign it is too just like how he just he has a clone but it's just basically has him 
watch the house while he goes on vacation. <laughs> Just... Right. Yep. Every gene is a hand-me-down. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is one of most, is more clever. Lyrics. Absolutely. Born in a science lab, late one night without a mother or father, just a test tube and a womb with a view. <laughs> you know, like, like, like you could tell, like when he, this is last song. You can, I just feel like he enjoyed writing oh, those lyrics. Like it's just like I love he has like the sci-fi, like not like good sci-fi, but like that weird nineteen fifties sci-fi. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it was that it reminds me of like those 60, um, like Attack of the Man with you know, the Attack of the Brain or yeah, Creeping. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, basically, movies MST3K would parrot. Yes. <laughs> like, make fun of, yeah, riff on. Oh, next we have uh, Lasagna. This <laughs> is cover my, of La Bamba by Richie Valens. So, this is probably my favorite on the album. It's so um, I mean, I mean, favorite parody. He sings it in an Italian accent. <laughs> he does it. <laughs> it's like, cause, okay, so La Bamba was kind of like, a, if you think back in the history of rock and roll, that's pretty a pretty big moment because uh, Richie Valens, I believe, uh, Mexican American. Yes. Uh, had a hit with a you know a song that was all in Spanish. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh you know that broke some ground and then Al comes and does his, but he instead of like doing, you know, uh, you know, trying to do a Mexican accent, he just goes through the throat with a towel. He goes now again, this is a song that would get him canceled. Uh, oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is getting him canceled, but my God. Oh my I love it, my kids love it. <laughs> <laughs> Mama, mama mia, babino, Samana you, Samana you, Samana you, Samana you, Samana you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, I lost you. Uh, Samana oh. you. Oh, there we go. Samana you, Samana you. What are you talking about? <laughs> you should have tasted my lasagna. <laughs> oh, I wonder if you recorded this song in one of those track suits. <laughs> Oh God, that'd be. Oh God, the Italian Anti-Defamation League is going to go after us now, Paul. They're all going to go after us, Joe. It's fine. It's fine. We're all. <laughs> we're going to be all right. All... <laughs> <laughs> this fall, uh, another highlight of the album, Melanie. Oh, just wait, no, I, before we get there, I gotta say I love the third part of it where he starts getting angry again. He's like, "Don't get any on ya, you sloppy pig. <laughs> you get <laughs> <really poly. laughs> a nice pig like your cousin Luigi." <laughs> oh, oh, so genius! Yeah, yeah, um, yes, Melanie. Love this song. Mel, it's so good. It's so, so good. Great. Yes. Um, just you know, he never would have met her if it wasn't for his telescope. This <laughs> <laughs> is another creepy song, man. It's another creepy song. It's not as creepy as good old days, but it's up there, man. It's, oh, it's up this there. This is like uh if you thought uh the police is, uh, I'll be watching you is creepy. And if you don't think it's creepy, you should. You should. It's a very creepy song. It's a very creepy song. Uh, this is this is more creepy than that. <laughs> very much so. Uh, very, very, very much so. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, to think I never would have met her had not bought that telescope. Um, <laughs> she lived across the street on the 15th floor of the Gilmore building. I saw her in the shower reaching for some soap. Like, holy shit. <laughs> And are you still mad? I gave you, I gave a mohawk to your cat. <laughs> oh, 
And then he kills himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Al was going through some stuff, Paul. Al was going through some stuff on this one. Absolutely. Absolutely he was. Oh, yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that. Oh, now we come to Alimony, a cover of uh, Money Money by, uh, as performed by Billy Idol. It's an older, uh, older song. But yeah, this is a, you know. <laughs> Another angry song. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know enough about his private life because he, he doesn't really talk about it that much. So I don't know if he was going through like actual shit or like what. Yeah, I like I, even the behind the music, like nobody like I believe it was like even they asked Victoria Jackson, she's like, I have no idea like <laughs> what he, what his personal life's like. Right? Yeah, no, this yeah, this is a, 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 a he's he, he <laughs> gets really angry at alimony. <laughs> What's that? You could have been going through a divorce, nobody knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean he feels gets like he was <laughs> really, really angry in this song. Oh god. It's good. It's good. It's good. And then we, uh, uh, before we get to my favorite on the album, we get two style parodies. The first one, Velvet Elvis, a style parody of the police, which, <laughs> by God, yes. <laughs> you could tell right away it's a police song. Oh, yeah. No yeah, question yeah. About they it. have such a distinct sound. Yes. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Sting, but I do like me some police. Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah, the uh, Twister's a parody of Beastie Boys. It doesn't really work for me that much, but at least you knew it was. You know, you yeah, could you tell. Knew, yeah, you knew it was Beastie Boys. Yep, parody. Yep. It's just it's not as good as his other style. It's no <laughs> Velvet Elvis. Velvet Elvis is Velvet Elvis is hilarious. <laughs> Velvet Elvis, man! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> and now we get into like. A style parody of James Taylor, which I really, I didn't know, but I can hear it now. Uh, See, I, I, I was going to say, I didn't know it was either, but I, I was like, this is James Taylor or Croce, or yeah, Jim Croce. definitely like the acoustic singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. And it goes in a dark direction pretty fast, <laughs> the good old days. Uh, our narrator's looking back at the times he found joy. One of them's when he smashed in the face of the guy who owned the local store. <laughs> <laughs> the shock I, on his face. <laughs> yep, or he was um take he was killing um uh torturing rats with a hacksaw and pulling the wings off of flies in the basement <laughs> while his mom's making pies and his dad's going fishing. Um yeah. Little yeah. slice of Americana. We were all there. <laughs> <laughs> but I you know, the I think the, the piece de resistance is uh Michelle. Um, who was nice to talk, who was fun to talk to and nice to smell. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It just... So, yeah, so I first saw so this album, you know, I was like recovering from dental work. And this came on. <laughs> so, you know, I'm listening to the lyrics right away, like, <laughs> with the guy with the store and the rats and all. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> goes into poor Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> like holy Jesus! <laughs> I hope she made it home. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if she ever made it home. I don't think she made it home. No, I think uh, she's, she's dead in the desert. <laughs> she's dead in the desert. <laughs> she shaved off all her hair. <laughs> you can remember the screams. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and the fact that the juxtaposition 
between it being like a happy singer songwriter James Taylor yeah. style to these lyrics are what it's make it, like, I think, stand out. Happy is this like this nostalgic, like yep. looking back to a better past. Those <laughs> were past in this guy's view is the most fucked up thing you can imagine. <laughs> 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 You know, it's like, oh man, it's geez. it's genius. It's what it's it genius. is. It's, it's, ge- it's genius. my favorite Weird Al song. That's why I picked. I wanted to do this album too because Good Old Days is hands down my favorite Weird Al song. It is. It, it it's 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 a magic that I, I don't think like. I don't know how you you didn't never really topped it with his darker songs, and he's still done darker songs over the years. Yeah, but this was, I think. The like the 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 highlight of that style of Weird Al comedy, um, really, and I think it was this album in large. I mean, he was getting some good press all the way up to this album with some of his originals, but I think that um, um, that this is the one that really. They said that, hey, um, this Weird Al actually is a standalone artist as well. Yeah. And yeah. this album went platinum. Absolutely. And it should have like, gone platinum. I mean, yeah. I mean, people, I think people need to realize just how popular Weird Al was and like how unassuming it can be for like a kid like me <laughs> recovering from dental work. And here, here good old days. And my world's turned upside down. It's yes. like it's like somebody's just handing you a copy of American Psycho. Like here, here's a here's a book about a yuppie and a bunch of endless lists. Oh, there's some messed up things in between. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I guess, you know, so I, I and I I'm, I'm I'm you know that with Melanie, he said that he had several verses that he would only sing to his friends that he was never planned on recording. And he described um, good old days as a, if we're going to see if Charles Manson and James, I want to write a song where James Taylor and Charles Manson were collaborating. And I think he nailed it. <laughs> I, oh yeah. He knocked that out of the park. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the critical responses and commercial performance. It was people like it. People liked Weird Al. Well, Rolling Stone might not didn't. have been the hugest, his biggest, but you know, I don't really. When it comes to Weird Al, I don't give a shit what the critics say. Because <laughs> he's a Weird Al approach to music is very populist. Mm-hmm. It's it's basically what's the popular thing in the American culture. Mm-hmm. satirized it I mean, yes who fucking cares what the critics think of that because little kids like you and me were we were laughing and having a good time oh absolutely and i know you know weird al got turned down by both prince which i think would have been genius that if there would if prince had said yes yeah. and let him do it have a prince and a michael jackson parody on the same album i think that would have been genius yeah um but we got what we got and i think that's also why you have a few more of the style parodies than the actual parodies like this one yeah you got you know two three four you know five but you know you had half parodies 
half style and a couple original. I mean, this I think was the first Weird Al album that had more original and style parodies than actual parody. Yeah. And it worked. Yep. It worked, it worked. well. <clears throat> Absolutely, it worked. Yeah. So, Paul, <clears throat> would you recommend these albums? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would too. I, I, it's a, uh, you know, <laughs> I find I still find Weird Al's music highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. And Very easy to go back and listen to again, and just kind of. And part of it's nostalgia because I grew. I mean, everywhere people like every time there was a huge hit, Weird Al was around the corner with a parody. It's just from Michael Jackson to Madonna to fucking Nirvana, <laughs> Coolio, yep, presidents of the United States of America, Eminem, uh, Eminem, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, a biggie, biggie, Lord, uh, oh, Puff Daddy, Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy. I loved his Lord. Uh, yeah. Oh, foil. Uh, tinfo- yeah, foil. <laughs> yes. Genius. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, and actually, um, Coolio, over the years, has apologized to Weird Al um, and said, hey, you know what? I, like, I, I was being a, you know, I was, that was my ego. Like, you know, I look back and be like, anyone would be honored to be parodied by Weird Al. And I was just too much about myself. Um, so I do give Coolio a little bit of credit for being able to come down from his high fucking horse. I do too. Um, Gangster's Paradise. <clears throat> that was that song was everywhere. Yes, and that was huge. But you know the the memorable part of that song was r- basically ripped off of a Stevie Wonder song. So it's not like he was a great songwriter or anything. He just. <laughs> hmm. Yes. Yes. People forget that there was the that there was the basically. A, a ripoff slash sample of Stevie Wonder on yep. that song. Yep. Yeah, the chorus is I forget yep. Stevie Wonder song, but yeah. Yeah, I forget what it is too, but <clears throat> I know it. I, mean, I know it if I heard it. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and one thing I will say that I did enjoy with this, especially with my kids, is going through and playing these versions and them laughing to it and then explaining to them this is a parody and going back and playing the originals. Um, so they could kind of hear some of that. And, you know, it kind of int- opened them up. I think I, I do enjoy doing it that way, uh, being able to not only introduce Weird Al to my kids that way, but also <clears throat> to introduce them to the songs that were being parodied. Because for the most part, the songs that he was parodying were big songs at the time. Yeah. Um, and, and some of them have stuck through. I mean, I mean, Alimony still gets played on classic rock stage. I mean, Moni Moni yeah. gets played. La Bamba gets played. Um, Tiffany doesn't so much, but that's just because pop music, that's, hence be the yeah. pop music. Um, you know, I mean, I re- know Huey Lewis in the news. I want a new drug. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Steve no Lola. That's still played. That's still played. Yep. Like, absolutely. You hear that opening chords on Yoda, you know exactly what, what, what song he's parodying. You know exactly what song he's parodying. Yeah. So no, absolutely. I'd recommend that. I'd recommend most of Weird Al. Um, I think, you know, uh, I mean, everything's were, I mean, if, especially if you're, if you're into music and you, you know, you really enjoy music, I would imagine you've already know who Weird Al is. You're doing those things. Um, but if you haven't, I think you're really missing out. I mean, even going back to his first album, I mean, him doing, uh, making fun of Mickey by, uh, Tony Basil, you know, um, Joan Jett, um, you know, that, um, you know, Tom, you know, Tom Petty, the Knack, Queen, 
some really good stuff on there. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's not mixed well because it really was low budget for his well, first. I think album. another one rides the bus. He recorded it in a bat in a bathroom stall. Yes, it was recorded like in a bathroom. Yeah, it was. Rec- yeah. No, you're right. It was recorded in a bathroom. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, his production value. And I also want to point. He asks artists. He does. If it's okay, and he asks them. He doesn't have to. Parody is. Uh, it's under the under Supreme Court ruled parody and satire are protected forms of speech. So he doesn't have to. He didn't have to give them songwriting credits. Correct. And he did. If I remember correctly, you have to still pay for the royalties to access the song. Um, but at once you've done that, you, you can, I mean, you compare, like, if you bought the royalties and then redid the song, like, that's a different story. Yeah, but um, still, you can still do a parody. And yes, yes. It, you, you can, can do a parody. Because you, you're not going to get the rights to a song. That's owned by the labels yep so but it's protected speech uh it might be that they have to get co-writing credits i think that might be what uh, that's maybe what i'm thinking for the royalties they get songwriting credits i'm not sure if that's 100 but al seems like a stand-up enough guy that he'll he would have done it anyway yeah but yeah it's yeah so it, it the fact that he would go and that's where the coolio thing happened where his people reached out to his people, and the, that's where the misunderstanding is because Coolio didn't apparently didn't know, like his I guess his his agents or whatever, like yeah that's fine. And then when he so he was caught off guard. Yes, and he, when he was like, and then he was asked when he just won a Grammy for Gangsters Paradise, and he was pretty mad because you he know was. it's just like you know, but and Al felt bad. Yep, Al felt awful, awful, so bad he. Brought poor Michelle out into the desert, shaved off all her hair, left her to die. Yes. And, you know, some of the, uh, um, you know, I mean, and I want to go back, you know, and a lot of the people that he does parody, they are in on it. Again, Mark Knopfler yeah. was on Money for Nothing. Money for um, um, you know, so you gotta, you gotta understand that some of these people, they really, really, yeah, he, he tries to keep it good natured yeah. and, and, and fun. And, um, um, where it, there's no malice in what he's doing. No, no. I always love the story that, uh, Kurt Cobain said he finally knew that Nirvana made it when Weird Al did a parody of their band. Exactly. Now, one thing I do want to say, and I think you remember this because you and I were stealing music from the same from the same place. <laughs> um, on Napster. Um, there were so many fake Al parodies. There were so many fake Weird Al parody. Yeah. Um, like, you know, yes, that people were throwing them on there as Weird Al purposefully on the metadata in order to get people to listen to it in order to try and get, you know, some of their parody music out there or some of their joke songs out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which, you know, it got out there, but then everybody thought that was Weird Al. When they found out it wasn't Weird Al, then they stopped listening to those songs because yeah. there's also name recognition and there's trust with that name recognition. 
Yes. So if I listen to Al, I know that there's certain things that I know that since he's a stand-up person, he got the okays for this. That's where, you know, you know what I mean? Like, that sort of thing. Just, I think that's more important to people than we a lot of people assume. Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, I remember getting um, some songs and I was like, oh, that's a weird all song I don't know of. You know, I don't you know because I, I, I again I was I was different when I was using sound uh, when I was using not SoundCloud when I was using um, Napster and BearShare and all that stuff back in the day. Um, you know, I was looking for you know song. You know, I, I have such an eclectic you know thing of music that I wasn't going for the new stuff. Um, I was going for the old stuff that I didn't want to buy, <laughs> you know, I didn't want to go back and buy, you know, some of the 60s, 70s songs that I was like, eh, you know, I could get them on the radio, but I would rather just have them. Like I was getting a lot of, um, um, uh, Neil Young, um, talking heads, um, you know, that type of thing. And Weird Al was one of them. And there was a Weird Al song or one that was attributed to Weird Al, and I was like, "This can't be real." It wasn't great; like, it wasn't that good. Yeah. But you're exactly right. When I found out it wasn't Weird Al, and I was like, "Oh, it's not a Weird Al song." Oh man, I like I realized something. I'm like, man, like that actually made me take a step back, and I went, "I like this song that I didn't like because it said it was from the person that I like." Yeah, like it made me really think about how I enjoy things and being more, um critical i think that really when i became critical was because of exactly this scenario this opened my eyes up to like the critic world of being like don't like something just because it has someone's name on it yep yeah no nope, yeah, absolutely I to do that same thing too with with napster and then limewire which destroyed so many computers limewire was a disgusting haven of viruses oh god yeah i'm glad those days are gone me too <laughs> no it's it's good and it's bad you know i mean um I, I in a way i don't know i i sometimes wonder if limewire and napster was even was better for the artists back then than it is now because I think they're getting paid less, like like than they were, because I mean, at least people they were grow getting up, like, paid by Napster or LimeWire. I mean, no, no, not- no. But you had the, um, you know, it, it was again. You have to understand, we had five fifty six k modems. It would take one day to sometimes get a three minute song. Yeah. So you know, it wasn't something that was coming through like it is now, where it's like instantaneous, where I could just download a song and have it in a minute. Um, but I also think, you know, it, you didn't really have people going out and doing it at, at the time. I mean, later it came to that where people realized, man, I could burn this and sell it and whatever. But really, I think it showed who the fans were, you know, people that wanted yeah. some of these songs. And I think it opened up in a way that was a little bit different because it was more word of mouth. I think even now, Yes, you're getting paid like what ten cents on a song on on Napster per play, or I mean on um. Well, you're uh, not you're making a percentage of a penny per stream. Yeah, and you're not even making a full penny. You're making like one tenth of a or one one hundredth of a penny per like. There's no the only people making money off of streaming is our labels and the streaming services themselves. 
The artists so, aren't getting dick out of it. Yeah, no, no, the artists aren't making dick. So, um, you know, and and I think the, what's what's gone now is that word of mouth. Yeah. A little bit. I think, you know, because you would have people like, oh, man, you got to check out this song. And you'd be like, all right, I'm going to download it. Now it's so weird. Hey, you got to check out this song. <sighs> I don't have three minutes to listen to this song. I'm like, yeah, their <laughs> attention spans really. <laughs> yeah. It's like a dive with smartphones and shit. Like. Dude, it's weird, isn't it? Like, again, I remember being a kid and someone being like, man, you got to check out that song, you know, going on Napster, downloading it, waiting a day, getting it, and then listening to that song. Because then, someone was like, you really got to hear this. Yeah, and you were either really happy because it was a good song or you were pissed because your friend told you to listen to a really fucking terrible song. Right, right, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, I you tried invested in that song, damn it. <laughs> We, that was a think, whole day. Your parents couldn't even use the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the other. Th- oh, that's. Oh, Anyways. Yeah. And, and real quick, I think you're in that music group that we have on Facebook. Um, yeah. Yep. And, you know, I try to listen to every single song on there just because someone's like, hey, this is a good song. And it doesn't cost me anything to listen to it. And oh. it doesn't take, you know, I try to keep that in mind. But yeah. man, I'll admit there's some things when I look at it, I'm just like, no, I, I don't even want to attempt it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same way, man. Like, I am just, I have friends that'll like forward me music, and I'm just like, you know what? Nope. <laughs> like, and I don't know why. I'm just so just, I'm, I'm the same way. I don't know why. No reason. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why, but I'll do it. You know what I mean? The more so, I get, the more I turn into Larry David, man. Like, hey, I'm not going to listen to that. Why? I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Why? What do you mean? Yeah. Why? I just don't want to fucking listen to it. I don't want to fucking listen to it. <laughs> so, so, buddy, I know I haven't gotten things in. Um, yeah. I'm. Uh, well, let's just skip the plugs here, Paul. Yeah, let's just skip I, the plugs we're here. Still, we're still on hiatus. So. Yes, yes, we're still on hiatus. So that's that's good. We'll skip the plugs. So, Joe, uh, aren't you going to ask me what we're going to do next week? Oh God, oh God, Paul, I know what we're doing. Because you told me when you visited. <laughs> yes. Unless you changed your mind. You've done that before where you told me we are going to do an album. You did the old bait and switch on me. <laughs> so what I are thought we listening about it. next to, Paul? I, I thought about doing a bait and switch on you on this one. You but, always uh, do a bait and switch on me. It's, it's brutal. But the reason why I'm not is as we talked about last time, which is I've been meaning to get to this. And then we went on our whole controversy kind of kind of <laughs> trifecta um but i do think you know we are getting towards the end of someone who's been prolific for better or worse however you want to view it in our lifetime yep. and um you know we don't do the movie i don't you know we don't do the movie podcast anymore so at least we can discuss him and his career um through he's his had, he's in some of my favorite. He's in one, one of my all-time favorite movies, which is Pulp Fiction. Uh, yes, it's not my all-time, but it's up in my, it's in my top ten at least. Uh, yep, one so, of the best action movies of all time. He's a diehard. Yep, uh, he was in Moonlighting, which is a show that needs to come back. To, that needs to get on streaming. I still don't know why it's not. Yeah, um, it's, I believe. Uh, that's so dumb. Well, I mean, it, well, I, it took forever for Babylon Five to come out that way too. So I'm just glad we yeah, get Babylon uh, Five. Uh, Larry Sanders show is the same way. Yeah. They had so many original bands on there. Oh, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So, yeah, we're going to do Bruce Willis's 
um, kind of parody. Um, it was more like a tribute, though, wasn't it? It wasn't really a parody. It well, was just, it's like his tribute to... In a way. He took himself a, serious. Like, if it was a parody, he was not in on the joke. No, no okay, so it's it's so he... There's a joke there. He took himself serious, but did you ever see the hour-long um, uh, HBO special for it? God, no, Paul. I can't even sit through a three-minute YouTube video of a song people want me to listen to. <laughs> so it's set up like a – it's a mockumentary. Oh, it's, kind of like Chris Gaines? Remember <laughs> behind the music? No, uh, behind no, the music no. on Chris Gaines? No, it's not like a Chris Gaines type of thing. I mean, like, like one of the things is like Woodstock wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Bruno because he did this. It's like there's How was Bruce Willis and Woodstock was even happening. Been like what ten? That's the I mean, and that and he's performing a song. Yeah, I mean, I I strong. I mean, it's you gotta remember this is still back in the day when Bruce Willis was still hasn't gone into action and was still kind of a comedy guy who was kind of take himself seriously. I mean, there's, there's winks and nods in this album of him trying to be clever in that regards. But if you haven't seen it, you really should because it's fucking funny. Um, Cause it shows him like, like on Woodstock, like with an awake and like this fake mustache and like a bandana and like wearing like a fucking Coat with tassels, being all drugged out on Woodstock, and like then he would dress like that whenever they opened a Planet Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like if 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 Bruno hadn't stepped up that day and done that, there had been a riot. Like um oh god, what was that other one? Um um that one concert that was supposed to be another hippie concert and it turned into um the one where Mick Jagger hired the fucking Altamont. Altamont, yeah, they're like they're like. Yeah, well, it wasn't for Hell's Bruno, Angels we had another themselves <laughs> from hippies. It was so funny. Yeah, I, it is something worth seeing. Yeah, yeah, I just looked it up. Die Hard came out in '88. Return of Bruno, the album, came out in '87. So this is right before he blew up into superstardom. Exactly. Yep. Like he, but people, Moonlighting was such a popular show. Oh. It was and, like nobody so, remembers it anymore except for no. you and me. We're talking about it. And I feel like it's a Mon- Mandela effect. Like people are like, there was no such thing as <laughs> moonlighting. That never happened. He was in MASH, <laughs> like something like that. No, he was in, um, it, yeah, I think people, um, I, it's, like I said, I, I don't know what happened. I mean, my mom and my dad watched moonlighting like uh, every week. Well, that's because back in the back in the eighties, if it was on TV, people watched it. You only had three channels, four channel channels by the late eighties with Fox. So yep, if it was on one of those, it was it was getting watched. Yeah. No, uh, it, 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 and I mean, but there was one of those things. Like um, there were shows that people wouldn't watch, you know, like there. But but Moonlighting was one of those ones that I think yeah. was universally loved. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, so that's what we're going to do next week, sir. All right. All right. Well, what's that? Nothing. Nothing. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Don't worry about it, Paul. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Great. For some reason, I think I uh, think I fucked up on this one. Joe, do you want to take us out? No. This has been Rate That Album. 
with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming. Thank you for listening.